There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Lord, I'd like to welcome you to the Wednesday edition of the podcast. We thank you for each of you to listen. I know we have some folks that have contacted us just recently, and uh, they do this for chapel service, for homeschool. We have some families that listen together. We have some preachers that listen. We have folks that commute listening. We have folks sitting at their house listening. We have folks uh, on the job with their earbuds in listening. Now we rejoice in that. We rejoice that the Word of God goes forth. And we personally have access to FBN radio here by the house. And so I can listen to preachers throughout the day, different times. And I can pick and choose what I listen to. And I understand that you can pick and choose what you listen to. You could listen to Joe Rogan or jo- Joyce Meyer, but you've chosen to listen to this podcast today. We thank the Lord for that. We certainly thank for each and every one of you. And uh, we're going to be in Psalm 122, Psalm 123 today as we continue in these Psalms. Now, we've called this Messianic Psalms as far as our study on these Psalms. And at least for the next couple of months, we'll still be in the book of Psalms. Uh, but these are not necessarily messianic, and I don't see it necessarily as being prophecy of Messiah looking to Jesus Christ. Uh, but the one we know is a song of degrees of David. That is Psalm 122. Psalm 123 simply says a song of degrees. So these were to be sung. These would be sung uh, in the temple, to be sung in an order. And uh, that's the way these songs were always sung. When the disciples were in the upper room with Jesus Christ, they sang that hymn. Chances are they sang one of these songs, and uh, it's a very good possibility they sang these songs. And so you and I can take an understanding of that and understand a little bit more about these psalms when we realize these were sung, these were actively sung, and many times, even in Israel today or other Jewish synagogues today, some of these psalms are still being sung, and how we rejoice in that. Psalm 122, this song of degrees of David, he says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And uh, one of these verses often misquoted, and I'm not throwing stones at that. The Lord knows I'd be guilty of that as well. But it doesn't say unto the house of the Lord. It says into the house of the Lord. The entry of the place where God dwells. The entry of the place where God's presence is. And if I just stop and exhort for just a couple of minutes on that, I want to say it would be a joy to me. If I could say every time I went into the house of the Lord, it was my joy and it was a gladness to me, an excitement to me to go into the house of the Lord. But that's not always the case. There's many reasons why, many things that affect us, but it ought to be our desire to go into the house of the Lord. And I've often lamented uh, dealing with people over the years that don't have a house of God to go to. They have a religious ceremony place. They have a place where religion is practiced and the rules are posted and the limitations are put on God. And uh, they call it old time religion. And yet the stirring of God has never taken place or if it's been 
uh, in the past. It's been many years before that. Uh, many of them don't have converts. They've never seen anybody come to Jesus Christ. They go through the practice of religion. They go through the formality of religion. They go through the works of religion, but they're not in the house of the Lord. And he was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why, that's God's dwelling place. That's where God meets with man. A man comes on God's terms. Man comes on God's condition. Man comes to where God is. And he shows you that in your worship. You come to where he is. You come to a place of holiness. You come to that altar. Come to that throne of grace. In the New Testament, there we meet with the Lord. And I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And yet there are those times it's a joy to be in the house of God. You know you're in the presence of God. You know even when the, when the first note is struck on the piano, you know there's holiness in the house of God. There's some churches my wife and I go in. Some of them are very small churches. I mean, very small churches. And yet as soon as they began to sing, you realize there's something different. There's something unique. I've been sitting in places I didn't expect much to go on, and my ears perked up, my heart perked up, and all of a sudden there was something from the other side that crossed over into my soul and, and resurrected my deadness and stirred life within me. Why? I was in the house of the Lord, and we can't put conditions on that. I've been in large churches and didn't have that presence. I've been in churches of great congregations, didn't have that touch of God, the presence of God. But the psalmist was glad. David was glad that he got to go into the house of the Lord. What a privilege it is for you and I to go into the house of the Lord. He said, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, he said, is built as a city that is compact together and is a colon there. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, under the testimony of Israel, to give thanks under the name of the Lord. And so they went up to that testimony, that testimony of God in the house of the Lord, that presence of God where he dwelleth between the cherubims on the mercy seat is a dwelling place of God. We know that according to scripture. Now, what's different today from that is that God indwells the believer today and our bodies are a temple of the Holy Ghost. And yet we go down to what we call the house of God, the assembly of the righteous, the church of the firstborn, uh, the church of Jesus Christ. And we go there today and we assemble ourselves and the saints of God come for the purpose of seeking his face and searching for him. And we know that, again, he's talking about Jerusalem here in Psalm 122. We know he's talking about Jerusalem compact. The tribes go up, the tribes go into the testimony of the Lord or of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. Uh, somebody contacted me just recently about praise and thanksgiving. And the, the feeble best I could offer is that part of praise is thanksgiving. They went up to offer thanksgiving. Many songs we sing, praise is thanksgiving. The high sounding symbols praised him oftentimes with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is part of praise, but they went up to offer thanks, to give thanks under the name of the Lord, for they are said thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. And so there in the house of the Lord are set the thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. And we could wrestle through that, but that is one verse that I believe is messianic because in the house of the Lord, they're expecting the, return, the imminent coming of Jesus Christ. They're expecting Messiah to come. We're expecting the seed of David to appear, the house and the lineage of David. And so when he said that the thrones of the house of David, the place where Jesus Christ will sit, we realize that place is not in Jerusalem today. 
That place does not exist upon this earth today, to the best of my knowledge. If it does exist, it's been hidden very well. It's been disguised very well. But the reality is, in the day of David, when he's talking about the house of the Lord, he's talking about that place where we could go up and meet with the Lord in Jerusalem, that place where the ark of God dwelt, and they could go and they could call upon the name of the Lord, and though the God would hear them and God would answer them, the tribes would go up seeking God's face, searching out God's face, and David himself prophesied that one which is to come, which is going to sit on that throne of David. That the Lord Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, is going to sit on the throne of David. So he's speaking of another day. He said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. There it is again, another day. Do we pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Well, there's there's much that has to come before there's peace in Jerusalem. There's much that must take place. There's at least seven years from the time I speak to the time that Jesus Christ himself sits on that throne and Jerusalem is, will be at peace, yet we do pray still for the peace of Jerusalem. And he said, they shall prosper that love thee. And there's a whole message there, and I don't want to get into it on the podcast too deep, but as America has cursed Israel, God's cursed America. As as America has mocked Israel, God has mocked America. And America was a haven for for the Jews. The first synagogue in America, of course, was in Rhode Island. Why? It was the first part of any nation in the history of mankind that had a document from a king where the word of the king is, and they had a document that gave them religious freedom, the freedom to practice religion. And the Baptists of Rhode Island, the dissenters of Rhode Island, The Anabaptists of Rhode Island opened their doors for the Jews to come, and they also might find freedom and also might find shelter, still the oldest synagogue in the United States today. God blessed this nation because of the providence that she showed the children of Israel to the Jews. And as we've prayed for Jerusalem, we didn't go to war against Jerusalem. America has never gone to war against Jerusalem. We've never dropped bombs on Jerusalem. We've never launched an attack on Jerusalem. Yet, our government has made leagues with the Muslims that want to destroy Jerusalem. We have cowed down and bowed down to all the forces of hell that want to destroy Jerusalem. We've bowed down of the papacy, which is looking to destroy Jerusalem. And so we are no longer in league with Israel as we would pretend to be, and we prospered because of that. The Lord told us that very clearly in the scriptures, and that's not going too far, and that's not some dispensational argument I'm willing to make, but the reality is that he will bless them that bless thee, curse them that curse thee. And yet America's turned their back on Israel. We no longer prosper because we no longer love Jerusalem. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. That's Jerusalem. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. There's the key. There's the whole point of it. Why Jerusalem? Because that's where the house of the Lord is. Today, why Jerusalem? Because that's where the temple of God is going to be. So we pray for her peace. We're not trying to seek a peace accord. We're not trying to just settle all these things outside. We know that peace only comes with Jesus Christ. So we pray and look and long for his return 
But this must, must take place before he returns. We know, of course, the calling out of the saints of God, the removal of the church from the earth. Through seven years, that man of sin, the terror upon the earth, three and a half years of absolute wretchedness and vileness poured out upon this earth, wrath poured out upon this earth, judgment poured out upon this earth, and then three and a half years of them saying peace and safety when men bow down and count out of that man of sin, that son of perdition. And they bow down to him and give to him, and then Jesus Christ will return. He will bring peace to Jerusalem. He will establish that temple in Jerusalem. He will be on the throne of David in that seat in Jerusalem. That is why we honor Jerusalem, because of the house of the Lord our God. I will seek thy good. In verse 1 of Psalm 123, a song of degrees, Unto thee I lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he shall have mercy upon us. One of the great stories of the word of God for me personally has always been the story of Simeon. I marvel at Simeon. I think it's just a tremendous Bible story. I've preached from it often just because of the things he said, if nothing else, uh, the things that God had revealed to that precious man who had been waiting for the redemption of Israel. And uh, Simeon, that devout man, who's waiting for the consolation of Israel is what the word of God said about him. And the spirit of God brought him to the temple when Jesus Christ was there. And in verse 29 of, of Luke 2, he says, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Verse 2, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. Simeon's in the temple waiting to see Jesus Christ. He's waiting for his appearing. Then he said, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. That's why John told us we have seen, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. Why? Because John saw Jesus Christ. When we see him, we shall see him as he is, and we shall be like him. He promised us that. He told us that. And again, our eyes longing for him. What are our eyes looking for? Lust, the fulfillment of lust, the vileness of flesh, the relief of this world. No, our eyes ought to be looking for Jesus Christ. Our redemption draweth nigh. Lift up your eyes, children. Lift up your eyes and long for him and look for him. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. And so he says we're exceedingly filled with contempt. Then he said our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease and with the contempt of the proud. I've said to my wife many times, it's so much easier in this life to be a sinner, uh, to be one not looking for Jesus Christ. You can make financial gain, make financial profit. You can covet. You can have your heart's desire. You can have all the things you want and you're willing to hook or crook for them. Because you're not looking for Jesus Christ. You're not even looking for morality. You can just live your life and what you think is best and use a good moral guideline, have a very pleasant life, have a very good life. But yet he said our soul's filled with contempt. Why? Because of those people. 
Here we are suffering. Here we are longing for Christ. Here we are going without that others may have. And, and as a Psalm of Asaph in Psalm 73, his eyes got off of those things of God. His feet nigh well slipped. Why? He's looking at those things rather than looking at the exceeding great reward, which is to come. And so it is with you and I. Our souls often filled with longing because we get our eyes off of the future. We start thinking short term. We start thinking of today. We start thinking of what we have or what we don't have rather than letting God settle us. The reward is yet to come for the saints of God. If we suffer with him now, we'll also reign with him. That's a promise of God. Yet there's not too many willing to suffer that today. Not too many to get their eyes on everybody else, got their eyes on those that prosper, those with multiple houses and multiple cars and beach homes and retirements and 401ks and all of those things men lust for and long for. And they get their eyes off of the fact that that's not what God has in store for those that love him. But to walk with Jesus Christ, to know Jesus Christ, to be filled with the Spirit, a life of sacrifice, a life of giving, a life of honoring Christ. Oh, our souls ought not be filled with that contempt. Our soul needs to be filled with goodness. Our souls need to wax fat in Jesus Christ, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Two more Psalms down, Lord willing, two more tomorrow with the Lord's help. Pray for us. Have a great day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up There's for your redemption draweth nigh. There only was strife. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glory. Song of the Redeemer.